Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Welcome to the show, gearheads. We just watched the Formula One Spanish Grand Prix from Barcelona. Lewis Hamilton takes the win again. Who? <laughs> yeah, that guy. Lewis Hamilton. That guy. This is John Massengill. I'm in the studio, and Jonathan Green and Dave O'Neill are joining us from their home studios. And we have a special guest on the line. We have a young American driver, driver for the Kiwi Motorsports in the Formula 4 United States Championship, Spike Kolbecker. Spike, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on again. Well, Jonathan, I want to start with you, buddy. I want to, you know, I know it wasn't the most exciting start to finish race. There was enough going on there to keep my attention. And what do you think? I think the expression is it's one for the purists. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean by that is to a lot of people who don't watch it very often, you'd probably find that fairly boring. But if you talk to someone like Rob Smedley Smedley or uh, uh, Dave O'Neill, they'd probably find it fascinating because there was a lot of strategy involved in that. And a lot of interesting radio talk back with the potential of the rain, uh, the decisions on soft and medium and hard tires with Alban, which I thought was a mistake. So um, there's was, there was a lot going on. But uh, no, it wasn't the most uh, exciting of nail-biting races. And yeah, it was just an, an, another walk in the park for Mr. Hamilton. And, and, and seemingly, Mercedes, whatever problems they had in Britain, have disappeared. Yeah. Well, let me get out the phone number in case anybody wants to join us. It's 512-643-LIVE, 512-643-5483. Feel free to call in and tell us what you thought of the race. But let me run down the results. Lewis Hamilton wins the race. Max Verstappen, another second place for Max, extending his second place lead over Valtteri Bottas, who had third. Then Sergio Perez on a one-stopper. Lance Stroll, Carlos Sainz, Sebastian Vettel for Ferrari. And that's the only Ferrari that finished the race. We'll talk about that. Alex Albon in eighth. Pierre Gasly, another good race for him in ninth. Lando Norris, not his best race in 10th. Daniel Ricciardo, Daniel Kvyat, uh, Esteban Ocon, Kimi Raikkonen in 14th, finished where he started. <coughs> Kevin Magnussen for the Haas team in 15th. Giovinazzi, George Russell, Latifi, Grosjean in last of the finishing cars. And Charles Leclerc, who did not finish the race. But let's start with the start of the race. And Dave O'Neill, you were telling us before we went on the air what you thought about the start. I found that fascinating because, you know, it looked to us, when I just saw it, I said, wow, Botas did not have a good start, but you have a different take on that. Yeah, I mean, the the way I look at it is, um, it, you know, Botas definitely got beaten up on the start, whether it was um, he got a slight bit of wheel spin. But if you look at the difference in the the gap between him and Lewis, as they headed down to the first corner, pretty much stayed the same. I just think the other two guys got a fantastic start um, and and took it away from from Bottas. Um, it'd be interesting to see the naught to naught to one fifty times just to see uh, <laughs> who who was the quickest there. But um, I, I think fair play to um, Stroll and Verstappen for a fantastic start. Um, and then the knock-on effect from that is, of course, um, the, the time dis- dis- difference at the end that um, Bottas was behind his teammate Hamilton. Um, I do think Hamilton was on a different planet today when it comes to um, putting a race together and um, being out front again. Didn't have too much to battle with. Um, 
So yeah, time difference there is is huge at the end of the race, um, and you know the start of the race is is where you have to have to get going properly in order to plan the rest of your race out. So um, yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting from that perspective. Yeah, but another good start for another good race really for Lance Stroll. I mean, he just continues to surprise me, and but yeah, he was up yeah. to third place. You know, like yeah, go ahead, Jonathan. We were just talking about how how uh, Verstappen and Stroll both had good starts. Yeah, but I, I, I just want to kind of – I was very critical of um, Stroll when he started Formula One because he was daddy's boy, and he always has been. Um, you know, his dad the, – the rumor in Formula Three was that dad had invested $80 million up to date before he got to Formula One and was, you know, making sure that he would buy the right engine from Mercedes. And, you know, he, he was definitely the Silver Spoon boy. Uh, um, and I used to say, even when he was at TRS, but he's won every championship he's been in, and he has – leading up to Formula One. But I really do think this season and these last few races, he's been a match, if not better, than Perez, which is no mean feat in a car that has obviously improved um, uh, dramatically. And therefore, he's now he's now at the sharp end. So we're seeing him more. But, but he's driving well, too. He's not making mistakes. He's qualifying, which I always think is the judge was superb yesterday um and um i'm really impressed with him and i i, I for one don't think daddy's gonna get rid of uh lance stroll uh he's probably the cheapest driver in the paddock right now for his for his ability yeah and how are you going to get rid of sergio perez too well let's get our driver perspective spike colbecker what do you think about lance stroll and not only his race today but about his position and what what's going to happen uh, I think he had a really good race today. Um, that start that he had was quite interesting. I thought it was very good. Uh, when I, I agree with what one of you guys said when uh, Hamilton and Botas were pretty much the same all the way down into turn one. But I think that uh, both the racing points got a really good uh, start and get away. And I think their race pace is um, getting better and better. And I'm... I'm I was quite, it was quite interesting to see them um, uh, that far up in the front. Well, Dave, I want to ask you. So Max Verstappen came in second today again, and you thought he had a great drive. And, and, and also the talk about the, the tire strategy for, for both drivers for Red Bull, because I know you had some interesting thoughts there. Yeah. Um, you know, Max, without doubt, drives and puts 110% effort in every time he gets in that seat. Um, we also have to um, give a shout out to the team as well. They, um, they did a 1.9 um, pit stop Ooh, and they ah. serviced, uh, nice. serviced the car um, and also a two second one out of the stops they did. So if you look at that and then also where Mercedes were, they did a couple of two and a half second stops. Hamilton also had a, a four, four, three, four, four stop, second I think in his, in his first one. But these Red Bull guys, you know, week in, week out, they um, they seem to to put these super stops together. Clearly, uh, they're drinking the Kool-Aid, Dave. Drinking the Kool-Aid, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they definitely had a couple of Red Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> and why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the the interesting bit for me, and I guess we'll, we won't know, we can only speculate on it, is Max's first words at the start of the race, he's going too slow. Um, yeah. Now, what that meant... Um, whether it was just Max being Max, he is quite clever. Um, and then later on in the, in the race, he decided to um, to to put his put his head down and get on with it after his engineer told him to to do so. But I think they had to switch strategies um, to begin with. So he made a fantastic start, um, and then they went on. You know, they did the the stint when the um, I think it was the softs that started falling off the cliff. Um, and he quite clearly just didn't have the grip there. Um, as we were talking about earlier, all related to the um, the track temperature, which was well up in the 120s, um, and also the rear tyres overheating and then starting to, to form blisters on them. Um, and at that stage, there's no coming back from it. So he had to try and eke out as much as he could. But I think once they looked at the, um, the, the, the strategies and also what they thought Mercedes were doing, um, they had to then change their game plan then and, and go for the um, the uh, the other rubber, which was the uh, mediums, 
um, which gave him a good platform to carry on with the rest of the race on. Yeah, what about when Max Verstappen was, he was getting pretty angry on the radio <laughs> talking about, you know, talking about why are we watching the Mercedes cars? Mercedes, why are we, you yeah. know, why, why don't we pay attention to our own car and our own race? What do you think about that? Yeah. Well, I think, he, you know, he quite clearly is 100% right because they they knew they couldn't, at that stage, could not beat Mercedes. Well, certainly Lewis anyway. Um, and it, there's no point concentrating on things that you can't you can't do anything about. Um, and Max had, had worked that out. And he's, you know, maybe the engineers hadn't um, hadn't got onto the, the platform that Max was on. And... Um, then he said, "Look, you know, let's just stop worrying about them. How can we? How can we finish second here? Bottas is going to do what they're going to do, which is put on new rubber at the end, um, try and close the gap. Um, again, they've they've managed the tyres well on the Bottas camp, um, and it was it was getting quite close at the end. Um, then Mercedes realised that they couldn't catch Max um, just because of his uh, the raw pace he had." So the only thing they could do, they could do is go and collect the the one point for the fastest lap. Um, so yeah, quite quite clever strategies there, um, and also maximising everything they could um, at that point of the race. What about Albon? Was that a mistake to go on the hards? Um, it, that's a difficult one. I, I I'd like to give him a bit of space because he's he's new to it and he's got a superstar as a as a as a number one driver. So. Did he get everything out of the tyres? Mm, probably not. The other thing was he was in the in the traffic as well, so there was quite yeah. a few um, other cars that they were they were playing with each other in in the sort of the middle of the top ten there. Um, so yeah, interesting one. Um, did he go on the wrong tyres? I I don't think so. I just think the traffic and all the other you know parts played a, a, a bigger component in him not being able to to get into the zone and get on with it. Yeah, looking at the, t- the the pit stops, you saw you know in the top ten you got guys with one stop, two stop, and three. So the one stoppers were Vettel and Perez. Got to give Vettel some credit today on a one stop. Yep. Yeah, you know, I mean, he, not a familiar territory. He got up what fifth, uh, maybe fourth, and he hadn't spent much time up there. But uh, yeah. I, I, while we're on Vettel, I'd like to ask Dave a question. Um, he's obviously righted the ship a little bit. He didn't qualify well, and in fact, he's been outdone by Leclerc all all season so far pretty much and he's had a disastrous start but then again psychologically he's not really with Ferrari anymore he, he's he's halfway out the door um they changed his chassis was that psychological or was there a crack you think um I mean honestly I think it's more psychological there's so many sensors on the cars um you know and you're you're matching up data from car to car um there's so many loads you can look at, particularly in the push rods, um, which which twist the car before uh, before you get to the suspension. So, I th- I think you know you look at turning inputs. Um, you've got all the sensors there. As I said, you've got the push rod sensors, um, tires. If the tires aren't heating up the same, um, also we have to look a little bit at Vettel as well. I think there's a few very, very fine mistakes he's making. And when, when you've got a young charger like Charles in the car, um, who's putting it together every lap um, and Vettel's making mistakes going on curbs, um, it just comes back and bites you. So um, maybe he's not, he's not there anymore. Well, we know he's not there, but um, it'd be nice to see what they're going to do about it. Well, Dave, I got to ask you, Jonathan, you alluded to this, but Dave, being an ex-team manager, do you and Spike, you get get to turn your headphones down. Don't hear this, but do you ever tell the driver you've done something, but you haven't actually done anything, or you just put a fresh coat of wax on the on the car? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure, it's, it's been done. Um, I remember <laughs> in my Formula Ford days when someone was uh, can't remember who it was now, but moaning about um, um, some brake balance issues, and um, we d- we did a test um, and rattled the spanners at the at the front of the cockpit and he came back in and said, yeah, that feels much better. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but, but, it, but you know what, that in any sportsman's life, and I think Spike would agree with this, you know, having that comfort zone in your right in your head, if you believe that the changes that you've suggested have been made, then it's, there's a placebo effect, I think, which says, okay, right. I've got what I want. Now I can, now I can perform and trust it. There's a lot that goes on between the two, two ears. Yeah, Spike. yeah, definitely. Yeah, go ahead, Spike. I mean, <laughs> has that ever happened to you that you know of? 
<laughs> I mean, probably not that I know of, but they've probably done it to me. But <laughs> um, I think that there was a lot of angry drivers today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Vettel was angry. And I mean, we were talking about Vettel. Um, when you guys were saying it's kind of half in Ferrari, half out of Ferrari, and it, it's kind of it's kind of showing. Um, he was getting very frustrated because he brought up that something about tire management, and he had already asked the engineer that, and the engineer was now asking him that, and he, he was not very pleased with that. And, and there was tons of other drivers that were not pleased with what their engineers were doing today. You know, that's a good point, Spike. And, and just for our audience, Spike um, has just started winning back here in the States. But pe people might not know his name that well here because he's been racing in Canada, Britain, and uh, the TRS series in Toyota. Um, and that's quite a lot of diversity in Formula Ford and, and, and so on. Formula Ford in New Zealand, Britain, and, and Canada. But then TRS. But he took his TRS team and, and joined up with them with the same engineer, uh, Tim Neff, uh, here in the States. And, and Spike just again on that same point, like Vettel, how much imp importance has that been for you just to settle in and feel feel like there's a team around you? You know, it's kind of like a home, you know. You don't get used to a new home until uh, you've been there for a while. So I think it's been great working with uh, Kiwi and Tim. Tim is very smart, and uh, the changes that he's making on the car and the way he's putting the car together is uh, – very beneficial to me and the team, and it definitely shows it in the results. Yeah, you guys are doing great. Well, hey, guys, we need to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue to break down the Formula 1 Spanish Grand Prix. I want to talk about what happened to Leclerc when we come right back, because that was interesting. There may be some details that were more than uh, more than meets the eye. You listen to Speed City live from Austin, back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dayanese leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Talk 1370. Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Uh, welcome back to the show. We had all, everybody dancing on Zoom just now to that song. <laughs> a bunch We're of old now. guys dancing on Zoom. That is not a pretty sight. It's that dancing. Yeah, poor old Spike. Spike Scott for life. We had that on our air live. That is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that was disgusting. That's the right word. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I resemble that remark. <laughs> hey, when I, we went to break, I said when we come back. By the way, let me get out the phone number in case anybody wants to join us. 512-643-LIVE. 512-643-5483. Call us up. Tell us what you think of hap what happened today. 
But when we went to break, I said I want to talk about Charles Leclerc because he spun, right? And then he's, he couldn't get his car started. And apparently, and this is, I haven't confirmed this yet, but he undid his seatbelt and then he drove back to the pit without his seatbelt attached. And that's what they were messing around with in the pit Santino. box there. Yeah, that I, I haven't heard. I don't know if that's true or not since we just, you know, came off the race. But, but man, Dave, uh, as a team manager, what would you say to your driver who did that? Well, um, I've had that experience before. Um, and it, I think if we go back, I don't know if you want to talk about why the car cut out, John. But yeah, I think yeah, the, sure. Go ahead. The lead, the lead up to popping the belts. Um, I think the, the the other thing we can see from this weekend, um, they've they've got these big sausage curbs in, which um, are, you know, a lot of the drivers are finding time going on them now as well. So they put them in there to to keep the drivers on the track, um, but but they're actually finding time by going on them or around yeah. them. So I think that's an interesting point and in what they'll do, um, you know, for the for the Grand Prix there next year. But I think and this is only speculation, but with Charles, he was he was pushing pretty hard to um, to, to do the overtake um, on the McLaren, um, and I think he hit the curb um, and it switched the car off because if you look at the steering wheel, just as he hits the curb, it goes it goes blank, um, and then he's in gear, so there's nothing he can do. He can't take it out of gear. Um, there's a neutral position button for the marshals, um, which you can push on the top of the cockpit. Um, you know, maybe a foot, is that... foot down from from the cockpit. Um, so he he thought his his race was done. You can actually start the car um, off its own battery power. Um, it's part of um, sporting regulations requirement that you can, if you stall the car, start it. But what you have to do first before you start the car is is drop the car into a false neutral. Um, and I think that's what he was trying to do. So he was in the way. Um, it was also good because um, they could have brought the safety car out. Um, mm. So he was trying to get it in out of gear. He was trying to start it. Um, and once he'd gone through all those systems, um, we didn't hear any of the radio chatter. I think they flicked it off. You can flick that that off if you don't want the, that, that to be um, sent out to the public. But I think they probably said, look, you need to get out now because there's, there's no chance of starting it again. So he popped his belts um, and then he had one more go. <laughs> because that's that's sort of a driver he is and it started um and then um he probably said over the radio which we didn't hear i don't think i heard um i've popped my belts um so they had to change the strategy then and obviously bring him in to to put a new set of rubber on and, and put the belts on so um yeah that's, yeah that's probably what happened um i'm not sure um I'm, I'm sure there's something in the rules that says you obviously have to have seat belts in the car, but there's nothing that alludes to um, driving around the circuit. I mean, there's many drivers that have won Grand Prix and pop their belts and um, you know sure. half jumped out of the car. Um, on their I don't know. I think they, in the middle of a race, I think they might have something to say, though. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Yeah, I'm sure it won't go uh, untouched. Um, well, what about the the sen is there a sensor? That when you hit the curbs, you say the steering wheel went blank. Is it like a collision sensor, or is that just a bad connection because of the curb? Well, it could be that they have a master switch on the car. So if you hit anything with that much force, you get a certain amount of vibration through the car. Um, and you've seen the the cars when they hit the curbs and all four wheels go off the ground. How much the the tires start sort of um, porpoising, if you like, um, from that. So I'd, it's only a guess from my part i've seen it happen before that the master switch just got flicked off or um there's the master switch and then there's the ign ignition switch which is on the right hand side um that could have popped off as well they tend to use aircraft switches so they've got latching switches um but say any anything could have happened um I, I don't think that the engine failed itself i just think it was some small technicality like that well, they should use aircraft switches this weekend. I mean, the cars, were, so many cars were in the air on the curbs. Y'all see practice three and everything. It was <laughs> crazy. It was how much, yeah. how much airtime we had this weekend. But, hey, Spike Kohlbecker said something during the break uh, that he was watching some of the replays of the start. Spike, give us your, give us your report, buddy. Uh, on the uh, on the start, I think that uh, the Racing Points actually got a – uh, about the same start as the Mercedes, but uh, either due to wind or uh, a tow, 
uh, down to turn one. They just had a, an amazing run um, on, on the inside. I think it was Stroll that was on the inside. Yeah, just saying that, though, you know, just the fact that they had the same start as a Mercedes in in a racing point. You know, I, I, I know that's the, the biggest story of this whole year, it seems like. But but still, that's pretty, uh, pretty awesome. But uh, I, so, Jonathan, what uh, what else struck you today? And any other drivers that I mean, driver of the day, I think the official was Sebastian Vettel, which, OK, yeah, I, I can I'd go I'm, with that. I'm OK with that. But other drivers had some good races. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo had a good race. What about anybody else come to mind? Like I said, you know, <clears throat> I, I mentioned Stroll already, but you know, both both he and Perez. I mean, that was the best uh, best one-two finish for Racing Point all season. Uh, and regardless of the controversy, I'm just glad to see somebody else at the sharp end. Um, I think they're going to get dinged quite clearly, and it's going to go to court, and it's going to be messy. Um, but you know, hats off to them. Um, it, you know, it's a far cry from from. Uh, from the, the, the tiny Jordan that uh, Dave was part of back in the beginnings, um, they've expanded. Uh, they, they're right across from um, Silverstone. And, and I was looking, at, I was reading an article about Otmeyer saying, you know, they're now, they've expanded to, to over 400 strong. So, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely now under Stroll's money um, and new look, new era. They've got good long-term sponsors. I, I, I really do think that regardless of this controversy, um, where they've overcopied the Mercedes. I think they've pushed themselves forward to a point now where, you know, they're, they're finally top of the midfield. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 a fun story. Like you said, it's just somebody that get up there besides Mercedes and Red Bull and Ferrari. So uh, looking down the grid after Perez and Stroll, like you said, finished fourth and fifth, best of the season, Carlos Sainz had a nice home race. Yep. Yeah, I think both McLarens, um, that you know, they were the, um, the the show that shone today for me um, in the midfield, um, just out outside of. We we can actually start saying that Racing Point aren't part of the midfield anymore. They're actually yeah. they've moved out of it, haven't they? Absolutely. They're the Ferrari th- <laughs> in a new in an old Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you see? Um, um, was it Stroll flying past Vettel down the straight? Yeah. It was oh. like you know. Oh. I, I tweeted out that it looked like he had a third turbo blowing past Vettel because I, I, I wrote down in my notebook, I hate DRS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had fresh tires and DRS and that third turbo, man. It was, uh, and, and by the way, you know, speaking of the Ferrari cars, did you guys see the, expa- the facial expression on Charles Leclerc? If you're watching on uh, social media, we're going to get that picture up here in a second, but the facial expression of Charles Leclerc in the garage, it was like it said everything about what happened to him. It was Yeah, you don't see people in Monaco cry very often, but I think he was close. Yeah. Was close, yeah. That was that was ugly. And um, he was, you know, he was, he he was straight away there. I think um <laughs> yeah. it was a it was a hard race for the drivers this this weekend with the heat. Um totally well, different from what they're used to. I, I thought it was interesting that Valtteri, he of no emotion, said, I can't stand these these black bloody things. They're hot. Yeah, black yeah. covers, uh, coveralls, yeah. They, yeah. they, they got them yeah. with the racist, the racist, anti-racist, black, all black look. And uh, that would have been, I mean, wearing black clothes, that's the old, that's the famous thing. You know, that's the hottest thing you can wear. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is, it is August. We got to remember, our, you know, the schedule's all out of whack. And I think it was hot and windy. So it was it was interesting physical conditions today. Uh, let's look down the grid. Obviously, after uh, after Carlos Sainz, we had Sebastian Vettel, and and then Albon and Gasly, uh, two young drivers. Let's let's compare what's going on with those two guys right now. Um, Jonathan, you've you were talking about Albon before. I think he was yesterday. And you know, we're talking. Yeah, I tell you what really has impressed me about Albon is his overtaking and his aggressive stance on overtaking. And he, and he did it again today, twice around the outside at three and at four. And I mean, you know, when you speak to him, we did last time at the the, the American Grand Prix. He's such a he, he's typical Thai, actually. He's typical Thai and typical British. He's 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 doubly he's doubly soft, as it were, <laughs> as a person. Well, because the ties are very gentle. And, and of course, the English won't talk to anybody. So he's very humble. Uh, but when he's on track, my word, can he um, can he be aggressive? Funnily enough, I, I raced for many years or commentated for many years on his father's career, who was a Porsche Carrera Cup uh, champion. 
uh, in Asia, and he was a very aggressive driver, but a really nice guy. So I, I, he's <laughs> uh, he's definitely a chip off the old block, and so and I'm really impressed with the way Albon's driving. But then again, in the same sentence, really impressed with how Gasly has recovered. Yeah, yeah, Gasly's looked good this year, hasn't he? It's just it's been a it's been fun to watch him. And and thinking about, I was listening to the BBC's podcast this uh, yesterday, and they were talking about how how he has done so well, and maybe it's his. Um, the, the way he, um, hello, get the, somebody get the phone, would you? It was the way he uh, has, has a different environment at the AlphaTauri team versus the cutthroat yeah. Red Bull team, you know, with Max Verstappen. And, you know, I think that's going to shake just about anybody trying to compete with Max Verstappen. But, man, he's looked good, hadn't he? Mm-hmm. Really good. All right, I'm just Obviously looking at the – the- Sorry. I was just yeah, I was just looking at the clock. We need to take a quick break and then we will get your comments, Mr. O'Neill. Uh, let's let's go to break. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin. Back after these messages. traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP-inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 13-7, the right choice. David Hobbs, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. <laughs> that was Jonathan Green. <laughs> and during the break, we, we talked a little bit about Grosjean. Man, he uh, pulled over in front of Kimmy, and he, Kimmy's not going to pull back. I think Kimmy dropped a, several F-bombs and some other words, too. I just, I think Grosjean's... Just not doing the right thing here, guys. Well, I mean, the rules say when somebody's overtaking you, you can weave once, right? You can weave, but you can't just you can't just you can't just flick your steering wheel right at the at the moment of impact, almost, uh, yeah. which is kind of what he did. And he's done it. He did it twice at the British Grand Prix, or tw- twice. In the, he's done it three times in the last three weeks. I don't really know what he's trying to achieve with that because it's not going to come to any good. And he started his whole career being a bit of a, you know, a bit of a flyboy. Everybody's sort of a bit nervous about him. And he got a lot of criticism then, then calmed down. But he seems to be back to his old ways a little bit. I'm not impressed. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he's fast. We know that. He can be fast. And, and several times this season, he's, he's out-qualified uh, Magnuson. And he's looked, put down some good lap times. 
And of course, the Friday he looked super fast. And I heard the commentary during the on on the radio talking about how both Magnuson and Grosjean were both um, they were both wondering what happened in qualifying. And I thought that was kind of weird. They were saying the same thing. It's like, well, wait a minute. You would know if the car was really not fast, and maybe it was just fuel loads or whatever. Uh, well, Dave, obviously you have a unique Let's perspective. Ask the team yeah, <laughs> Dave O'Neill. I mean, why? You know, you we said it in the pre-show about the tire heat, but why wouldn't they know? Well, I th- they would. They would know. Um, I think is the an- a quick <laughs> answer to that, really. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, I mean, what's your take on Grosjean? I mean, Grosjean, like we talk, we always, well, I, we're always trying to put a positive spin on him, but he, he definitely, um, he, he lost concentration for sure. Um, he, I mean, he's allowed to make a move for sure, um, which, which he can do, but um, I think he lost concentration. He was up to something else. He could have been on the radio, but he's a professional driver. He should have, uh, should have had that together. And, you know, the, the consequences for touching down the straight at 190 mile an hour are huge. I mean, you turn into aeroplanes at that point. So um, I, don't, I don't know if there's anything to be answered there with the, the stewards at the end of the race. Um, but it's, it's Grosjean. <laughs> we sort of return to the, the same conversation. Um, when he's quick, he's quick. And when he's not, he's, he's creating havoc um, around yeah. the circuit. Yeah, when he's French, he's French. Uh, somebody just tweeted at us. Andy P. actually just tweeted at us. He says, is it time to make a change at the Haas F1 team? Hulkenberg or Perez, assuming he's out, would make a good fit, I think. That's Andy's opinion. That's actually think? really quite an interesting subject matter because that is, of of the seats available, Vettel too, but uh, I'm sure Gunter would say, can't afford him. But, um, <laughs> you know, there is, yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, it's not a bad place to be. Uh, Magnuson's a hard taskmaster to, to get on with, but you could certainly throw in Hulkenberg there as a, as a change of scenery. Yeah, those two have got good history, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't upset the team, would it? <laughs> well, I think Gunter would like that because he prefers everyone, um, you know, on, on edge and fighting. By the way, Jonathan, for. your your imitation of Gunther is is. Uh, Donald Schwarzenegger. You're going to have to delineate that okay. a little bit. No, gotcha. I'm not Gene. I'm Gonta. <laughs> I'm Gonta. I'm not Gene. <laughs> Dave, that was when Les Kaiser, our host who's not on today, walked up to Gunther and said, Gene Haas, and he, you know, just kind of flustered being live, on the live on air, live on air at the, on the grid <laughs> of Monaco. Monaco. <laughs> uh, well, Jonathan, I think we have someone else to join the party. Uh, someone that wants to talk about Sebastian Vettel. I wanted you to introduce her. Yes, of course, it's our old friend Inga Stracker from uh, Germany, uh, one of the uh, perennial F1 reporters. Uh, back, back, back when I was a, a wee lad just in shorts, I, I learned all I could from Miss Strecker, and she has been around Formula One and certainly been around Vettel his whole career. So if you want to know what's going on with Sebastian Vettel, no better person than Inga to talk to. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. And I hope you don't expect me to make my impression of a German <laughs> Excellent in English. I'm trying my best not to have one. <laughs> well, yeah, well, Gunther's from like, he's almost Austrian, right? Am I right? Well, actually, not almost. He is Austrian. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. What, what is, what is almost Austrian anyway? <laughs> Here I am insulting Germans when they're on the air. That's good. Nice work. Carry on, Inga. Uh, well, Inga, no we've, been given, we've been giving Vettel a hard time this year. And I've been saying, has he lost his mental edge? What's going on? What What do you think? What does Germany think of what's going on with Sebastian Vettel? Well, I think um, it was quite interesting to see how Ferrari rediscovered today or seemed to be rediscovering that they actually do have a second driver. <laughs> um, right after Charles Leclerc's, actually, you know what happened with him? He had a problem, an electronical problem with the car. He couldn't restart. So he opened his seat belt sitting on the car, uh, on the track or a side of the track opened his seatbelt and then thought, oh, I retried to restart the car. And then it did start. And he drove back to the pits with an open seatbelt. And he had to come into the pits, not because of the engine, but because of the seatbelt. And they couldn't close it. And that's why they retired him. Well, we were so, wondering uh, about I, that. It, we didn't know. Yeah. Is he going to get in trouble for that? I don't know. Well, we, we will see. <laughs> but um, the interesting bit was that Ferrari did seem to have, once again, a bit of um, 
radio miscommunication because Vettel was running quite strongly. He was P5, like less than 10 laps to go. And he did actually ask a few times on the radio, guys, um, what's your plan? What should I do in terms of pace? Should I save the tires or not? And there was no reply, no answer. And then they did say, oh, push, push, push. So he pushed. And he did say, I pushed and I knew that that was costing the tires. But a few laps later, like he did say three laps later, they suddenly said, oh, do you think you could stay out till the end? And he <laughs> did give a few beeps in the radio um, and said, well, this is exactly what I asked you quite a while ago. Of course, I tried to do it because we have nothing to lose now. <laughs> that is so Ferrari lately. I swear, that just doesn't seem like they've got their act together, quite honestly. And Jonathan, you've been telling me that this is Ferrari for years, right? Uh, to be honest, yeah. I mean, they can't get it. They 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 can't trip over themselves enough. Um, we've seen it on. I mean, almost on every iteration. About the only time Ferrari has looked like a bulletproof machine was in the Schumacher years. And I don't mean to be rude, but all all the engineers and the team boss Ross Braun were British at the time, and it was it was regimental and very un-Italian. And I'm I'm going to get a lot of feedback, I'm sure, uh, from Italians who'll be mad at me. Vito, sorry. Um, but, <laughs> no um, more spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. Uh, but I, I do. I would like to get uh, Inga's while we've got her on take on what what's going on with Vettel. I mean, obviously, he's, like I said, I said earlier, he's halfway out the door. Can't be an easy time in his career. What what's going on? What are the German press saying? What do you think is going on with him? I have a feeling that um, he's like really not feeling comfortable in the team, and it seems that they're not really communicating with him as they used to or as they should do or as they do with his teammate. Um, in general, I think the opinion now is, and I don't want to be bashing Ferrari because a lot of people over here are bashing Ferrari, but the general opinion seems that they are kind of destroying him mentally, that they are kind of undermining him, whether they do that deliberately or not. But um, two, two things. Um, Ferrari did say that they did, they were planning a restructure, and because of that, they couldn't keep him on board anymore because um, he's not part of the restructure. Um, and then they were saying, "Oh no, but but it was because of the money." And he said very clearly in May when he finally came on and and at the first race, and he said, or in June, he said, "Actually, we never even talked about money. It didn't get that far." So that's one thing. Hmm. Also, they were saying he had no chance due to Corona to prove how fast he still is. Uh, at another race where Charles Leclerc couldn't finish, they said, oh, Charles didn't have a chance to show how fast he is, but he doesn't have to. Hmm. Double standard. Yeah. So what do you make of, of that? You know, and I think um, and, and I hope that most drivers out there will agree for my feeling. And I am not a driver, but everything you do you do need to feel comfortable you do need to have someone backing you up and not being afraid of someone stabbing your back and if you feel that you are being undermined and people are second guessing you or doubting what your capabilities are then you start maybe also questioning yourself and maybe that is what's happening with Sebastian that's what a lot of people suspect and I've spoken to some drivers and engineers and I say as soon as you start questioning yourself you can't push over the limit anymore or to the limit uh, as you have to do to be extraordinary like Lewis's. Well, well, Inga, where's, where's Sebastian Vettel going to go? Where do you think he's going to end up? That's, a, that's the $2 million question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there are bets being taken on it. <laughs> um, I hear that he has a contract from Racing Point, who are Aston Martin next year, uh, that he just needs to sign. Um, there still are rumors that he might go back home to Red Bull or maybe even Alpha Tauri. Uh, that's, that's the options we hear. I think for him, car-wise, especially with the, you know, the way he prefers a car uh, in regards of downforce and rake and all these things, I think the Racing Point slash Aston Martin would be a very good option for him and also a very competitive one, as we have seen with Nico Hilfenberg when he stepped in and was fast right out of the gate okay dave o'neill three drivers though yeah dave o'neill if you're <laughs> atmar are you going to take vettel over well, we talked about how well lance stroll's doing how how good sergio Pereira is what perez is where do you, what do you do well that is a, you need three cars really at that point um 
And, um, <laughs> you know, P Perez does bring money, I believe. So yeah. they can't shake that off. Um, and it, there's, there's no doubt that Lance um, is driving really, really well. You can't take that away from him. Starts are fantastic. His, his uh, race pace is great. Um, and he's also able to qualify the car as well. So I, I'd put him in the team. I'd keep him in the team. Um, also, going back to Inga's point about fin, feeling comfortable, you know, all, all Vettel has ever had is a comfortable team around him from the start with Toro Rosso and then from there, you know, winning the Grand Prix, um, been a hero there and then moving off towards uh, Red Bull and having the whole team around him. Um, I think that, you know, they're, they're probably broken two in, into two halves with, with, with him. He's feeling the pressure at Ferrari for sure. Um, but also, Ferrari don't seem to have this leader. So with Bonotto, um, he was leading the, the team quite well last year until until they had their uh, their engine problems. But he's also taken on a lot more. Um, so he, he's take he's he's maybe his eyes off the little, off the ball a little bit when it comes to running the team and getting back to basics. He was technical bases. director as well as sporting director, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then they moved Jock clear around. Um, I think there's no real leader there. Um, there is a leader, obviously, but there's no real leader who goes in and um, you know tells them the bins are full, or you know, you know get, gets the drivers in line and, and puts puts um, the, the fire under them when required. Um, so there's a lot of tit for tat going on there. Um, but going back to your original question, um, you'd ha you'd want a Vettel, but you'd want him in the right frame of mind. And how? how quick can he clear his mind after this, this Ferrari thing? It's only going to get worse. So what's he going to be like at the end of the year? Um, and do you need to change the drivers? You've got two fantastic drivers there who, who are producing the goods, um, pushing each other on. Um, do you need to put that dynamic in the team? Um, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But it's definitely an interesting topic to keep an eye on for sure as the season progresses. Yeah, and you know, like you just said, both drivers are doing well. Stroll and, Stroll and Perez are both doing well, but they're also not making mistakes. I haven't seen Stroll make a mistake recently that I remember, and, and Perez is pretty mistake-free. So, yeah, interesting topic. Well, uh, we got to take another quick break. Everybody hang tight, hold your microphones, and we'll be back after these messages. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hi guys, Omar Gojan from Hase Team, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio. 
Speed City. Yeah, Roman Grosjean heard us talking and, and called in and gave that little bumper while we <laughs> while we were debating his future. <laughs> uh, hey, while we were off air, we had a little miniature discussion, and I want to talk about it on the air. And Dave O'Neill, you brought up the uh, the uh, the topic of Total Wolf and Aston Martin, and I will self-admit that I don't know enough about this, but I know you and Inga Strecka can probably have some conversation to this. Yeah, I, I was I was quite keen, you know, with the the uh, ear to the ground that Inga has is just to to find out what the um, you know what path Toto Wolf's on. Um, he's got a lot going on. Um, he's uh, he's got some shares, which is commonly known in um, in Aston Martin. Um, he is the most successful um, team principal, I guess, um, in the history of F1. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and where does he go from here? You know, does he carry on winning? Um, does he carry on staying? Um, and with the with the new budget cuts, is it is it going to be you know unattractive for him to stay in what he's doing? What do you think, Inga? Where where do you think um, Toto Wolf's story is going? Yeah, that's a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> there was quite a, a, a tense atmosphere in Thursday's press conference when he was actually asked about his future. And he has actually very clearly said he hasn't taken the decision yet. These are discussions that are ongoing and they're positive and I enjoy them. He said he doesn't want to give people the idea that he's leaving because that's not the case. But he is in a moment of reflection where Formula One is heading, what's happening around COVID and also their personal reasons. He's also been saying that... Um, the wife, uh, his wife and the marriage with his wife is more important to him than Formula One victories. Um, and she herself is um, in a good place running a Formula E team. So she's away a lot and um, also, you know, their parents. So I, I think you're right. There is a lot on his mind. And also there are rumors um, whether he might come on board and run the whole of Formula One. He said he also had constructive discussions with Chase Carey, the Formula One chairman and chief executive. So I, I did hear yes, that rumor, to- yeah. Yes. So the Toto the Toto topic um is is a is quite a very interesting one. Mm. Hmm. Well, Dave, I'm you probably interacted with him. What do you think about him being the big boss? I, I think he'd be perfect for the job. Um he's just, you know, he walks into the room, he's got the room straight away. Um He's now got the history. Um, he knows what he's talking about. He's he's a free spirit as well when it comes to um, letting people getting on with their with their jobs, um, and when he can also bend bend it back in into shape as well. So if it does tend to to sort of start veering off track, he's very very good at pulling it, pulling it back on. Um, very clever guy. Um, love to have a have a have some sort of insight into his mind, but. I think what he's done for Mercedes um, and with the team is fantastic. Um, and I think we're at the point now where Formula One needs to carry on going um, with what they've done. They've done a fantastic job of putting it back on the map with the with the COVID um, crisis that we've had. Um, and I think they need to build on that. And also talking with Rob earlier um, with, with all the graphics and integration yes. with, with that side. I think it's a time that Formula One has to make this move. And it's a huge move to take it to the next level, next planet, basically. And and you know what? Two things about Total Wolf. One, you, you said his free spirit. I'm glad because the things that we talked about, that Rob Schmedley talked about on the pre-show, about doing different things to break it up, you know, Saturday races and, and uh, everything from that, from reverse grids, I hope he would be open to that. But also, the big question is... <laughs> You know the team you're running now. We if they're if they continue to win the next three or four championships in a row, then you know, can you imagine that, guys? If we if all of a sudden Mercedes won like ten in a row, that would that would not be good for the sport. And you have to tell him first thing, your old team can't win the, the, a championship again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> no, that would be interesting. You know, it's interesting you said he's probably the most successful team manager. And the only one I could think of when you said that was, was of course, Ross Braun. So two of the biggest minds and two of the most successful men um, in Formula One running the sport would be pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, well, we, got, we have Spike Kohlbecker. He's been quiet for a while because we haven't been asking his opinion on this. But, uh, but Spike, what do you think about the state of Formula One and the – like I was just saying, the dominance of Mercedes. Well, he's, and... 
And he's a youngster. He's 17. So yeah, exactly. Is, is it there yet? You know, I, I'd be quite interested to see um, Formula One kind of take the Formula Two route and uh, change up the races and have uh, multiple races a weekend or something like that. Um, and and uh, you guys mentioned the reverse grid. So uh, I, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I don't think anyone knows what their their plan is in the future. Um, but I'm, I would like to see some sort of change uh just to make it more interesting um but i mean yeah that's just my take well do you think that young your peers young people your age are i mean do you see uh you know the audiences are growing in formula one but i don't know where they're coming from exactly i don't know the demographics but do you see that young people 16 18 20 year olds are are uh growing to the sport or coming to the sport and helping it grow in the audience size uh it's definitely possible that people are um, coming to watch the sport. I think F1 has been the pinnacle of racing for a very long time, and I don't think it's going to change um, unless m maybe those crazy electric cars take over that, but uh, hopefully it doesn't. Um, and, yeah, I think uh, I think most of the, the people that are watching F1 have a racing background or ha have been like a car person or something like that. Um, so I think that has uh, a lot of big ties in uh, the people that watch F1. Well, I think that's an important segment that we need to continue to focus on to try to grow the audience, which, like we mentioned earlier, Liberty Media has done a good job with, with social media and all things digital. I, I still I still need to work on F1 TV. I still had a little trouble with that this weekend. But, um, but yeah, I, I do. I think that they've done a good job. But... Well, Jonathan, how would you? We just got a couple of minutes left. How would you wrap let's, up? Let's this? get let's get predictions on Spa, starting with Ingram. Yeah, Ingram. there you go. I like that. <laughs> oh my God, I can't even predict the weather for Spa. You know, <laughs> you know, it's summer in Spa when the rain is warm. So, um, I could be rainy. Then, no prediction. Then maybe maybe Max. Um, yeah. it could be hot, really, really hot, because we are having a hot summer, um, this year in Europe. Um, then. Maybe Max, but really, um, under normal circumstances, I've got to say, Lewis or Valtteri, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And, and I already told everybody, stop saying rain, you know, during the race because it'll never happen. And now you've already ruined Spa <laughs> by starting, starting to come. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Ferrari ruined that. Ferrari did say lap 50 rain. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. As the only team, by the way. Yeah, they showed themselves well there. Prediction. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what do you think about Spa next next race, two weeks from now? Well, I think the disappointing thing about Spa is you don't have the police escorts out there on Sunday night after the race. Right. That was the most fun. <laughs> and they're hungry. You and Jonathan <laughs> both, both talk about those. They must have been special. <laughs> oh, they were. Awesome. <laughs> All yeah. right, Spike Colbecker, what do you think about Spa? Any predictions? Uh, I mean, I think it'd be quite interesting to see if, uh, I'm not exactly sure how the rules go of F1, but maybe Ferrari breaks out some crazy new design and, uh, cause they did quite well last year, if I remember correctly. Um, so maybe they break out their crazy designs and have a really fast straight line car again. I like your, I like your thinking. I like, I like your optimism ideas. with the sport. I Actually, love this engine. May, may maybe. I, may I? Yeah, here. go ahead. Right. I've got, you just reminded me. Thank you very much. New rules in Spa. No more party mode. That's, oh, that's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's official. So, yep. <laughs> well, so we're, we're starting without a party in Spa. There, there you go. No hammer time. No, no hammer time. <laughs> very well, good circuit. Back, or for... they run the party mode the whole weekend. Right. Yeah, there you go. Then... Till it blows. <laughs> They probably they probably are already um, you know down down the road in Liège by the time everybody finishes the race. All right, everybody, we are out of time. Thank you, Inga Strecker, for coming on. Thank you, Spike Kolbecker. Thank you to Rob Schmedley for coming on the pre-show. Man, if you didn't hear that, you need to download the podcast for that. Go to speedcitybroadcast.com and or iTunes or Spotify or any of your favorite podcast platform and get it. Radio.com, any of those. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next Sunday. Happy trails.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.